and welcome to a big Thursday edition of Newsmax Daily for September 28th, 2023. Starting it off with National Sons Day following Daughters Day earlier this week. That will likely be among the top trending hashtags throughout the day. And there is plenty trending today. Believe you me, I have two sons, by the way, so I'm celebrating National Sons Day for sure. Today is also World Maritime Day, created by the International Maritime Organization, which began in 1948 as a specialized agency of the United Nations focused on environmental, legal, safety, and technical maritime operations. Did you know? That more than 80%, 80% of the world's goods, the world's trade, is moved through international shipping. And another big one on the calendar today, September 28th, is National Drink-A-Beer Day. Since many people don't work on Fridays anymore, Thursday has sort of become like Friday Eve. You've probably heard people say that, so maybe... If they're old enough and if they live close by, maybe you can drink a beer with your son or sons today. Celebrate National Sunday and National Drink a Beer Day and enjoy. Life is short, right? The two big stories everyone is talking about today. But I'm thrilled to be back with the workers, uh, UAW members and proud patriots of the great state of Michigan. Great state. Great people. Here in Michigan and across the country tonight, there are countless thousands of auto workers and skilled tradesmen worried about the future and what the future holds for themselves and for their incredible families. Former President Trump's speech in Michigan and the GOP debate in California. Where's Joe Biden? He's completely missing in action from leadership. And you know who else is missing in action? Donald Trump is missing in action. He should be on this stage tonight. He owes it to you to defend his record where they added $7.8 trillion to the debt. That set the stage for the inflation that we have. You're not here tonight because you're afraid of being on the stage and defending your record. You're ducking these things. And let me tell you what's going to happen. You keep doing that, no one up here is going to call you Donald Trump anymore. We're going to call you Donald Duck. Let's go back to remain in Mexico policy. Instead of catch and release, let's go to catch and deport. I would say go picket in front of the White House in Washington, D.C. That's really where the protest needs to be. Disastrous economic policies that have driven up prices, that have driven up interest rates and mortgage rates. Whether any one of the candidates has any chance or not, I am finding it somewhat interesting to hear what some of them have to say on the issues, and I'm finding it somewhat interesting to hear what they have to say about each other. Newsmax reporter Mike Carter was there with Carrie Lake. Carrie, I noticed you left the debate a little early tonight. You didn't stay for the full thing. Why not? This was a tough one to sit through. I mean, and I'm sure the people at home tuned away probably within the first 10 or 15 minutes. You've got a bunch of people up there on stage. It's a vanity project for them. They know that they're at, you know, one and two and three and four in the polls. And they're up against a giant, a political giant. And uh, they're up against the next president of the United States. That's 60 points in the polling. He's actually out being a leader. He's in Michigan talking to working men and women who are struggling in the Joe Biden economy while they're quibbling up there on the stage. The moderators lost total control. It was, uh, I don't want to use any profanity up here, but it was not pleasant to watch. I think I saw many people yawning. Almost everybody was on their phone, looking down at their phone during the debate. And I'm assuming that the people across this country tuned out rather quickly. And my opinion, uh, Mike, is that 
the men and the women on that stage need to go home tonight, do some soul searching. It is time to step behind and stand up and support President Trump. We're on the verge of losing this country, and we don't have time for this sideshow. We really don't. And I'm being serious right now. I'm really worried about this country for my children's future. And we've got the D-list debate going on so that they can continue to try to get their name out, get a gig as a CNN contributor when we're losing our country. It's time to step behind President Trump and let's get behind a great man to lead this country out of this nightmare that Joe Biden has steered us into. Former Arizona gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake, a potential Senate candidate in Arizona and potential vice presidential candidate. It was obvious that all of the candidates on stage, all seven, made adjustments from debate number one. And as you heard in some of those clips, some of them, most notably Ron DeSantis, were more aggressive towards Trump this time around. Chris Christie was aggressive towards Trump in the first campaign as well. Uh, First debate, I should say, as well. That's basically his whole campaign is just going after Trump. There were several heated exchanges again between Vivek Ramaswamy and Nikki Haley, who also got into it pretty good this time around with Governor Ron DeSantis. And Haley, in my opinion, again, was pretty much the winner. Her South Carolina colleague, Senator Tim Scott, did very well last night. He's definitely gaining some traction. And you'll probably be hearing today a lot about how DeSantis was a lot better in this debate as well. You will also be hearing a lot about a comment from former Vice President Mike Pence when discussing school choice. My wife uh, isn't a member of the teachers union, but I got to admit, I've I've been sleeping with a teacher for 38 years. And um, full disclosure. Mike Pence making an attempt to inject some humor and be a little more personable. The debate, as you know, was on Fox Business Channel, right? But other than Stuart Varney, they didn't have any of the top Fox business people as moderators, which I just didn't understand. No Maria Bartiromo, no Neil Cavuto. Dana Perino is a former White House press secretary, so it makes sense that she's there, but she's not a Fox business person. They could have had her in the pre- and post-debate coverage. I'm curious to know if you watched and what you thought about it or what you're thinking. Do you think it's a waste of time to keep having these debates because Donald Trump has such a huge lead? He's obviously going to be the nominee. Or are you supporting someone else or hoping for someone else other than Trump? Let's get some reaction and comments going at Radio underscore Marino. Again, all of this going on while the clear number one front runner for the nomination was holding his own event. Biden's mandate isn't a government regulation. It's a government assassination of your jobs and of your industry. The auto industry is being assassinated. And it makes no difference what you get. I don't care what you get in the next two weeks or three weeks or five weeks. They're going to be closing up and they're going to be building those cars in China and other places. It's a hit job on Michigan and on Detroit. Newsmax's John Bachman was in Michigan and spoke with Donald Trump after the speech. Mr. President, a rousing speech. You really had the uh, auto workers and the union members there buying in. Give us your sense of the best deal that they can hope for in this negotiation. Well, they have to hope that uh, the electrical vehicle, if you look at the mandate, it's just a disaster where all cars are going to be electric in a short period of time. Ten years they talk about, but they want to do it sooner. And that'll put the American auto worker out of business entirely. You won't have any auto workers at all. China will take the entire business. And I told them, You can make a good deal on your hourly wage. I hear they're negotiating primarily hourly wage. You're not going to have any jobs in two years. 
because it's not sustainable. It's a disaster. And for the consumer, it's no good because they don't go far enough and they're very expensive, the electric vehicles. So uh, we talked about that and we talked about a lot of other things. We had meetings with some great UAW people and we'll see how it works out. I think very good. I think the I think the worker is with us 100 percent. You can see that in the polls, too. Yeah. The, the union boss, Sean Fain, doesn't seem to be with you, though. He didn't mm. want to he didn't want to meet with you. I talked to oh, some folks I outside. Know. I didn't know that. They he, said they were mad that he wouldn't meet with oh, you. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't hear that he didn't want to. But if he didn't want to meet with me, then I don't like him very much. But uh, that's uh, foolish not to meet. And uh, what is he going to do? Meet with Biden? The man doesn't know he's alive. So, uh, look, Biden can't put two sentences together. Uh, he has no idea what's going on. And I'm sure that he probably doesn't know the impact of all electric vehicles. It is a disaster for our workers, for our country, and for our consumers. Everybody is feeling inflation. What is the most impactful thing you could do on day one in the White House to change the course of inflation? Drill, baby, drill. We got to get oil way down. We got to get gasoline down to under $2, which we'll be able to do pretty easily. We have to get the oil down to $40 a barrel. That'll also stop automatically the war in Ukraine because that'll be very bad. Right now, it's up to almost $100 a barrel. It's going to be up to $150. And I even heard now $125. That will be, for Putin, that will be a bonanza. That will be a bonanza. And we want to get the war stopped. We want people to stop dying. Whether it's Russian or Ukrainian people, we want them to stop dying. And we'll get that done very quickly. But one of the reasons you get that done, I think he'll do that anyway, Putin, but one of the reasons and one of the ways you get it done is by bringing down the oil price on top of all of the other benefits. Let's talk about what's happening at the border. I mean, we've seen Border Patrol agents under the orders of the Biden administration cutting the Constantino wire, letting people into this country. Why are they doing that? Well, first of all, Brandon Judd and these people are doing what a job they're doing. But, you know, when they see people stuck under wire, and it's like it's a it's an incredible, horrible product, really, it's, but it's a yeah. product. But when you see them stuck and they're getting cut up and their backs are all being decimated and they don't know what to do, you can, it's fine. I mean, they got to do something, but we have to stop them from coming in. I had the safest border in history. Now we have the worst border, I think, in the history of the world. I don't think there's ever been a border like this. I don't think any banana republic or third world country has had a border like this. So, uh, But, you know, they have to do something to get these people. I see it where they're coming through and they get caught on a razor blade because they're like razor blades, worse than razor blades, actually. So they have to do something. It's a sad thing. But Brandon Judd and the people of Border Patrol and Tom Homan and all these people are phenomenal. These are phenomenal people. Again, we had the safest border in our history, and today we have the worst border in history and probably the worst border in the history of the world. I don't think any country has ever suffered like we're doing. And I don't think the Democrats have any idea of how bad it is, or they maybe like it for whatever reason, because who could want this to happen to well, How could they not know? I mean, how could they not know? They go down to the border, they make it a political issue. How could they not know? Marxists, fascists, communists, maybe they have a different theory on this than you would have or I would have, but it's killing our country. They're destroying the blood of our country, and it's a horrible thing. And don't forget, you have people, many people from jails, from prisons, from mental institutions. You have terrorists pouring in. That's President Trump with Newsmax host John Bachman in Michigan. Earlier in the day, Newsmax spoke with Donald Trump Jr. about the fraud allegations being leveled against the Trump empire by a judge in New York. Well, joining us now is Donald Trump Jr., the executive vice president of the Trump Organization, who was also uh, found in the summary judgment to be part of this. Donald, uh, great to have you in. Thanks for being with us today. Uh, 
Good to be with you. I know you're shaking your head because um, a lot of folks are today. So basically, this one judge um, makes a ruling, not a real estate expert, we want to say, and I just made a point, there's no jury yet. It'll go to trial. I know you're, you guys will appeal this. But how is this even possible all these years later? Because there were also disclaimers on all these these paperwork. There was a lot of uh, you know other people involved. That these loans were paid back. There was money made. There's no victim here. Where is this 250 million dollars even going to, Donald? Well, I, that's exactly the point. There, there is no victim. The judge unilaterally decides the value of an asset. For example, he used Mar-a-Lago and said it has a value of 18 million dollars. Now, I understand to a lot of people that you say, "Wow, that's a really expensive home." But Mar-a-Lago is 20 acres on both the lake and the ocean in Palm Beach, Florida, a lot that's 2.2 acres within about a half a mile of Mar-a-Lago right now, just vacant lot, not on yeah. the ocean, is on the market for $150 million. But Mar-a-Lago, that's about 10 times the size of that landwise, with one of the most spectacular homes anywhere in the world, uh, yes, that's only worth 18 because a judge unilaterally decided that. They decided that disregarding all of the experts, actual real estate brokers from Palm Beach that put valuations on it, disregarded sworn testimony from bankers like Deutsche Bank who said, no, we do our own independent appraisals because of course they do. Bianca, any one of your viewers who's ever gotten a home loan understands that the banks are getting their own appraisals. You're actually paying for them. Those are third party unaffiliated. And so you're right there. There is no victim. The banks were paid back in full. They made interest. They frankly made a lot of profits, which is why we're still, despite all of this insanity, able to work with banks because they understand we're good credit. We run spectacular properties. We make them money and we don't default. But that doesn't matter in this day and age because Donald Trump decided to take on the establishment. Don Jr. on Newsline with Bianca De La Garza. Go on Zillow, go on Redfin, realestate.com, any one of these sites, and look at oceanfront properties on Palm Beach. Not Palm Beach County. Well, you could do that too, but on Palm Beach, the island, on South Ocean Boulevard specifically. And you will see how ridiculous this is. And what's even more ridiculous is how other people on other networks are treating this as factual, incriminating evidence. I don't care how much you despise Donald Trump. Just take a look at the properties and see how ridiculous this whole thing is. All right, in Washington today, a House committee is holding its first hearing on the Biden impeachment inquiry. Chairman of the House Oversight Committee, Representative James Comer, spoke with Rob Schmidt tonight. We now have bank wires from China to Hunter Biden using Joe Biden's home address. They were sent after Biden officially announced his run for president and while Hunter was living in California. That is something. Yeah, I mean, uh, is that China collusion? I mean, can you imagine if a wire like that went to uh, Joe Biden's opponent in the last presidential election? Oh but look, uh, the, the White House came out and said, as you correctly reported, that Hunter Biden was living there. He was not living there. Now they've come back and said, OK, well, maybe you're right about that. It was a loan. Well, I don't believe it was a loan. Was the other $20 million they got from Romania, from China, from Ukraine, from Russia, from Uzbekistan, were they all loans too? If so, let's see the terms of the loan. I've been on a bank board for over a decade. Look, I don't believe anything they're saying about 
where the money originated from. The American people want to know what did the Bidens do to receive the $20 million. And what we're seeing now from testimony from Devin Archer in the transcribed interview and now this evidence that the IRS whistleblowers turned over is they were selling access to Joe Biden. Joe Biden was the brand. You said it very well in your opening monologue. Joe Biden was the brand. And one of the things that even the Department of Justice agreed on and the thing that the judge in Delaware kicked the, the sweetheart plea deal out on was the clear violation of the Foreign Agents Registration Act. So Hunter Biden, our president's son, was a foreign agent yeah. lobbying his father, who was vice president of the United States. I mean, this is one of the most serious crimes that I've ever uh, witnessed among a leader of our country. And, and, and again, we're expected to believe that Joe Biden had no idea that he was the only asset paying all the bills for his entire family. We're expected to believe that right. when Hunter Biden's saying, I have to give dad half of my money. Rob Schmidt with Congressman James Comer, chair of the House Oversight and Accountability Committee. And Congress isn't making much progress on an agreement to fund the government. Greta Van Susteren spoke with Kentucky Senator Rand Paul. Now let me turn to the potential government shutdown. Um, the Senate is proposing a short-term continuing resolution. Part of it is um, suggest some funding for Ukraine. And I know that you object to what is provided in that short-term, uh, that continuing resolution. Uh, it's about six and six and a half billion dollars to Ukraine. What is your objection? Well, you know, Greta, we don't have any money. It's not like there's a rainy day fund or a surplus or a pot of gold sitting around here with money. Uh, we borrowed a trillion dollars just in the last three months. Ostensibly, there was a debt ceiling deal, you know, a couple of months ago. So we're going to raise the debt ceiling, but we have these caps. Well, the money for Ukraine isn't counted. They just say it doesn't count at all. It'll be counted as emergency, which means it exceeds the cap. So they're already breaking their word on the spending caps. And so... We just can't give money we don't have. To me, it's essentially borrowing money from China to send it to Ukraine. I think it makes us weaker. I think our national security's biggest threat is our debt. And so I'm just not for it. Is, do you know what the money is designated for? I mean, and do we, do, are we tracking where the money is going to Ukraine? I know that we've, you know, the United States has been quite generous with Ukraine. Where, where's the money going? Is, is anyone monitoring it? So there's 113 billion that's been given so far, and this has been one of my complaints. There, for, a, for the Afghan war, there was a special inspector general for Afghanistan called the SIGAR. I've met him several times. He has a team of 100 economists and technicians who monitor the spending, and he's found billions of dollars that was wasted and stolen in Afghanistan. He would be perfect for this job. So I forced a vote on this uh, about a month ago and lost, but I think we should have an inspector general monitoring the money. It's the least we can do. I mean, Ukraine has a history of being one of the most corrupt nations in the world. So does Russia, for that matter. But between the oligarchs in both countries, there's a lot of money that's been stolen, and we just can't do it without oversight. And so, no, I don't think there's adequate oversight. But we do know that from official readings and accountings of the $113 billion, about a third of it's being spent not on the military, but on their government. We are paying their government workers. In fact, the most galling thing out of this recent deal is the Biden administration has said if there is a shutdown, they will continue 
to pay Ukrainian government workers. In essence, they will say that Ukrainian government workers are essential and will be paid even if we don't pay U.S. government workers. That, to me, is just appalling. And appalling is putting it nicely. That's Kentucky Senator Rand Paul, one of few in Washington who actually makes any sense. And only because I discussed this the other day, I'm going to reiterate, no, I do not support Senator Paul on raising the age of Social Security or Medicare, especially when we've given, what was the number he just said, $113 billion to Ukraine. And now we know there isn't even anyone monitoring where and how the money is being spent. That's appalling. It's ludicrous and, frankly, completely unacceptable. Completely unacceptable. But we, we the people, continue to let Washington get away with this crap. By the way, if there is a government shutdown, you may want to think about this. Or have you thought about flying The FAA is one of those government agencies that would be forced to furlough thousands of employees, likely causing thousands of flight delays and cancellations across the country. So that's something to think about. And the American soldier who crossed the border into North Korea more than two months ago is now back in the United States. After arriving at Joint Base San Antonio, Fort Sam Houston last night, Army Private Travis King was taken to the Brook Army Medical Center for evaluation and treatment. Treatment of what? We don't know. It still isn't clear why King, who had served in South Korea, crossed the DMZ into North Korea, who all of a sudden, out of nowhere, announced yesterday that King was being expelled. So hopefully we will learn a lot more about what that was all about in the next couple days. Don't forget, Newsmax is available on most major cable systems, including AT&T, Cox Cable, Comcast, Mediacom, Varios, uh, Varios, Verizon, Fios, Spectrum, and more, as well as your favorite platforms like Roku, Amazon, Apple TV, Pluto, and others. Thank you, as always, for listening to Newsmax Daily. I'm Tony Marino. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday or Friday Eve, and keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.